Big Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. So we're going to try a new segment today on the, uh, on the show, see if it works, if, if we like it on the show, or if we just want to do it as a separate, um, little deal, but we'd like some feedback on it. What we're going to do today is we're going to take a song that, um, this from my past <laughs> and Bart's and, um, uh, we're just going to go through the things we like about the song, talk about the song, and at least in this song's case, we're going to talk about the message. Um, and the reason I wanted to do this song today is because I, I'm into punk rock music, and there's a lot of anarchist punk rock music, music, but it's not typically the type of anarchist that Bart and uh, I hit am are whatever um <laughs> were have been yeah it it still speaks to us uh there's a lot of things that you know any subset of anarchy or anarchism we're gonna relate to um but this one had a a pro-gun line in it which is something you don't typically get from a punk rock anarchist song so it just stuck out in my mind and uh here it is amara nightmare they fuck you once they fuck you twice lord walks upon the eggshells we fall through the ice Colder wars around the ocean floor Drop the pressure, cooking somebody pop the cork Mouse cartoons on the weekend, Snoopy slaps to sleep Dirty television's gonna be a nightmare They're voting no, and voting yeah And when you snore at night, they pick your pockets to you dead That's just the fuck, this is the back Let's take away your guns so we can attack Hot and colder water on the ocean floor Drop the pressure, cooking somebody pop the cork Lost tears on the camp, Snoopy's lost asleep Very television's got a mere nightmare Drop the 
Get ready to cook it, somebody pop the cork Musketeers are new, can't you be time to sleep And fairy killer bitch is gonna be a nightmare So I know this is a little cryptic. <laughs> they're never just out there and tell you what they're talking about in uh, punk music. It's always so cryptic. Who is they? <laughs> so uh, they'll fuck you once, they'll fuck you twice. So um, anyway, this song, uh, I know probably isn't for most of our listeners uh but this is what i grew up listening to uh and let's and, be uh, let's be honest with both ourselves and the listeners what we still listen to oh yeah i mean there's just not a lot to it <laughs> it's anti-government stuff uh the first the first lines is there anything that pops out in that to you all of it all it's, right. so, it's funny because like the 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 lines in the song are in some sense like you say they're they're you know i and i i know you're you're being cheeky but they're not cryptic just one or two lines you know pick any couplet from the verses of this song and we could do an entire episode on that, right? Yeah. So the first line that in this song that stuck out with me that made me like this song was they're voting no, they're voting yeah. So as soon as you say something about voting and are referring to um government power as being illegitimate i i i immediately perk up because i grew up in the days of tommy boy and things like that it, we had the uh get out and rock the vote happening remember the uh during the grunge days all the mtv this is back when uh surprisingly some of the most influential libertarians in mainstream media uh we're working for mtv at this time um but we they had this program called rock the vote and they would have all these grunge bands and so-called anti-establishment bands play music and it was all about just trying to get young people to vote on its face there's something well-intentioned about people who don't really know any better saying, uh, it seems to me from the very little that I've paid attention that voting is how things happen. So I'm going to encourage the youth to be empowered and make things happen. But the path to hell. Right. And I don't mean to be condescending by saying this, but like it's almost sweet. I just see so much evil in that get the kids to vote thing. It, 
it's well, but it's, it's it's just it's the same thing that the state did with the, during the hippies and whatnot during that movement they you know they introduced lsd to those people and they fed them lsd i mean the only person at that time producing lsd making it was the united states government all of the lsd that was sold at that time was produced by our government so well it's the same thing they're doing now with anything around the vaccine or the pandemic or anything else you're you're having some very well-intentioned people guided by central planning right like yeah. get out uh or not get uh rock the vote at its core is somewhat evil in its roots but how it manifests through some very well-intentioned rock and rollers is not that right so it's i think it's worth separating those things out so we can recognize that it's not enough to be well-intentioned because you can still be unknowingly carrying out the will of nefarious plans mm -hmm. so our overcrowded prisons that's that's awesome because i when i was the age that i was listening to this i would have probably disagreed with that i think which I don't understand why I would have, because I was being harassed by the police constantly at that age. Because I, I was a skateboarder and I had a friend in my neighborhood that had gotten into drugs. I mean, I was doing drugs too, but like he was doing a lot of drugs to the point that we just didn't hang out anymore, you know, because I was more into skateboarding than doing drugs. I did some, but it was it was just because I wanted to right then, but I, all I did really was skateboard and whatnot. Um, and his dad happened to be somebody in the city um, government, something for the city. And the police just kept i mean i guess i guess uh, as a father i, I kind of understand it's hard to think that your son is a drug addict because he decided to do that it's easier to try to blame another kid or something and um, i guess from what i heard later he was telling everybody i was a supplier so the cops were trying to find that's why they were searching me all the time was this guy was saying that I was selling his kid, the drugs that he was getting, which I would say more likely the fact was like, if I needed some, since I didn't do them often, I'd go over, pay for them from him, you know? <laughs> so because it's just easier to pay him too much money for the drugs for a little bit of drugs every once in a while and then go find an actual drug dealer. Be like, look, you can go buy your own that much and some here. It's basically but, convenience store pricing. Right. <laughs> exactly. But 
I thought people in prison were bad people. I guess from public public school, maybe like I don't know where I'd get that from because everything in my life was telling me that probably isn't the case. No, I I don't even think it's that complicated. I think it's even simpler than that. Intuitively, you would believe that prison is for people who have done wrong and need to be corrected, right? Yeah. So I don't I don't think it's just public school. I think it's just your human intuition. When someone's being punished for something that assumes that they're being punished for something that they have done that is inherently wrong. Whether you agree with the punishment itself is irrelevant. Last we take away your guns so we cannot attack. So that was powerful because it not only unlike every redneck country song talking about guns and gun rights, this line right here in an anarchist song actually says what that amendment was there for. So we can fight back against the state. So the state is a little bit scared of us. It's not for hunting and fishing. And, and that's where they lose the, the gun argument. They'll say stuff, stupid shit like that. And then the, then the gun lobby people will be, well, it's a, uh, you don't need them. Then you don't need a gun like that to hunt and fish. Right. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I absolutely don't. Like, I don't go out and get a semi-automatic 12-gauge tactical rifle to take out animals. I don't even do it to take out the, the, the little would-be no-good home invader. I could take him out with any... most. Most weapons I have could take that dude out. And he, even if he's armed, he probably can't shoot. Because, yes, criminals tend to have guns that are illegal. They, uh, they have a lot of them. They, it's kind of what they do. But, what? but they're not they also don't they- go to the range and shoot a lot. <laughs> so they also tend, they tend to be bad aim. They, they don't, they don't tend to hit people with their first shot. They're like stormtroopers. <laughs> right. In fact, I was at a convenience store in Atlanta. It wasn't recently. It was kind of a long time ago. Um, Buying overpriced drugs. I was, yeah, I was, um, I was working on a cell tower behind a, a fire department and the convenience store in the parking lot next to us. There was a, a gunfight happened and uh, uh, one of the guys shot all six of his rounds that he had in his revolver and uh, at the other guy and they were really close to each other. They weren't the width of a car away from each other. 
and um, the victim was hitting the toe. He survived. When you say car, yeah, like a like a human car. <laughs> yeah, like so. You've seen a uh, one of those was it the Dodge? What's the station wagon? It kind of looks the Magnum. That's the kind of car that was involved, and they were standing like. Somebody was on the driver's side and the other guy was, you know, right at the passenger side, like that far away from each other. Six, six shots. And there was, and he got him. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like you missed every one of them, you know? <laughs> well, my point is, I spend a lot of money on weapons and I like them. They're fun. It's probably part of the part of the reason I do it. But I mean, if it came down to using them on somebody, I don't think it would be your typical per like your typical bad guy. It would be a really, really, really bad guy coming to hurt my family. The worst of the bad guys. So that leads me to another topic. I just want you to think about something today when we, uh, Biden wants, or whoever's pulling the puppet strings on Biden, they want you to lose your job if you decide not to get the, the, the government fluid in your, inserted into your body. But there was a drone strike the other day that killed a lot of children, young children, and an innocent man. And um, nobody even lost any pay. (laughs) I mean, nobody was docked. In fact, they haven't even apologized. It was, it was like, oh, we thought it's unfortunate and you know, our hearts go out (laughs) or something, right? The public, but there's no, like, there's no admission of wrongdoing on our part. And there's a lot of justifying it because the Islamic extremist terrorists there have, you know, muddied the waters there so much that, these things happen because of them, right? Uh, but there's no acknowledgement of the fact that the so-called Muslim extremists didn't blow up a van full of children the other day. And we did. The American people did not. It was the government, the American government that did that. And those people, they're not taking responsibility. They're not losing their jobs. In fact, I bet some of them are getting promoted. So it's just something to think about, guys. 
when you uh, put your hand over your heart and you uh, stand up and pledge your allegiance to that that flag or you put that blue line sticker on the back of your car, you you put that, I guess we support the troops. I mean, do you really? Because I think supporting the troops would be stopping the state from making young people do that and have to live with that for the rest of their lives. Young, impressionable people think they're over there doing the right thing and then ha- then do that and then have to live with it. wonder why the suicide rate's so high on these people. The best way to support the troops is to ensure that they don't stay troops. I mean, if we got to have this inflated, stupid, costly army that we have today, I would much rather them just be out somewhere in like Nebraska training, running around on obstacle courses. At least I'm not killing babies. You know what I mean? That, that just bugged me today. That just, it rubbed me the wrong way. Just sitting there. I was, I was doing that thought experiment in my head with the, how many months of a year that I work for somebody else. And then it's just like that snowballs into what, what are they using my money for? I was just in my head big time about shit like that. Getting mad. Yelling in my little box up in the sky. (laughs) You know? Uh, I look down on things like on this crane. I'm looking down. I could see million dollar condos that are right next to the railroad tracks. <laughs> so, like, I was thinking about that too when I was I was looking at these condos, and I know they're a million dollars because it says on the sign, "Condos seven hundred and fifty to one point two mil or whatever." Yeah, but right that's a million dollars in today's dollars. Right. And that's what I was thinking. I was like, wow, a million dollars can only buy you a condo next to the train tracks now? That's shit, man. <laughs> like, the, that fucking shitty hotel room that was in my cousin Vinny. Isn't, isn't that the aesthetic, though, now? Right? Like, there was, there was something that happened. Let's let's call it you know in the last 50 years or so of taking an aesthetic of a more industrial feel and making it livable right like people who who love the idea of like living in a loft with exposed brick yeah. in an, in an old mill or factory or something so there's something to be said for <laughs> A track adjacent condo. Yeah. They have found a way to make you think that it's chic. <laughs> like, no, this mill is still worth a lot. You like the train. <laughs> it really puts the rust mm. in rustic. <laughs> Crack it out, Dundee, with his little fingers making the cow.
<laughs> Do you think that's the trick they used on the Australian people to get them to to shut up for so long and take it? The little hmm. No, I think it's uh, just not reporting anything on the news. I think that's the trick. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this one goes out to our homies in Melbourne. Sorry you didn't get nearly the amount of coverage that you should have. No, I mean, I, I, I applaud the people standing up now. I just, just was surprised how long it, how much they took before they had enough. But they're pissed now. God damn, they're mad. I don't know if anybody listening is watching the shit in Australia, but like even Dave, Dave was saying that earlier. I think his podcast today's or something. It was a good point um, where he was saying, you look at the situation they're in and what the level they're having to go to, to, to make a, a pointed protest. And he's like, all right, so we think shit's bad now, but like right now's the time to just not get the jab and not, and stand up now. Cause we don't want to get to the point where, to make a point we're having to go that far that looks awful you know i don't think this country needs any more violence after the last year was his point that that is too akin to a civil war as opposed to someone kind of rising up against the state no he's just making a point where like a lot of people say, he, what are you saying? It was like with the Jews, they say they were like, oh, well, they're not going to kill us. So they're just like deport us. Let's just go along to get along and we'll get out of here and we'll figure it out from there. And so they're in the train car going to get gassed. And then like now is not now. I mean, yeah, you rise up now because what other chance do you have? But like you should have done something earlier is the point i i would be i would be curious to know at what point most of those folks realized what was ultimately happening i i think with the delusion that the state can give somebody i think that all the way up until they saw like if you were the first one to go to the camps you didn't you didn't know it even then, but like when you got off the train and you got thrown into and you saw like living skeletons in there, I think all the way up until that point, they they just could not accept that this is going to happen to them. And and that's that's what has been, I think, really enlightening in a lot of the activity we're seeing today is that hindsight is 2020 mm -hmm. and we often look back on some of these catastrophic events and have no understanding of how people behaved the way that they did right rearranging deck chairs on the titanic mm -hmm. of course doesn't make sense to us because we know how it ended Right. And when we hear, okay, 
they rounded up all of the Jews, put them onto a train car, took them to concentration camps and killed them all. We see that entire process and say, what did you think was going to happen? But when we I mean, see- those people, these people's entire lives have gone by and they've never been rounded up and sent to a concentration camp and killed before. Right. And historically, <laughs> it wasn't just something that hadn't happened to them. It hadn't happened. Right. No, no. Not in the Western world it, it had that really been a thing. No, the last time the Jews were rounded up was Egypt, right? In a in a very different time and in a very different governmental structure. So right. I think that's where we're seeing as an example, Australia with the uh, we see people being rounded up and sent to these quarantine camps and going, oh, well, this is totally fine. And what's fascinating to me is that in the modern age, we do have these examples of things that have happened in the past, and we're still totally okay with being cordoned off and being right. sectioned off. Whereas we are so condescending when we look back and think, oh, what what were the Jews thinking? What what did they think was in store? Right. And then and even that, it, when you're if you're on the side of being okay with these, you know, health camps, right? They had a pretty name for what they were doing to the Jews, too. When you're sitting there going, all oh, Germans were bad because they supported Nazis. I think you should look back at yourself and say, am I? Would I have been the bold person? Because, like, if you're standing up and going, we got to fight racism today, that doesn't mean that you would have been against Nazis. That means, most likely, that means that you would have been right there with them because that's what everybody else is screaming well, right now. National socialists. Right? right. It's about having so like in name. Right. There's admittedly a bit of a tired argument from a lot of the folks on the right about this as well. Uh, that I have a hard time standing behind, even though I, I wholeheartedly agree with it, which is Antifa. Right. The idea that they in name are anti-fascist. Right. Are in fact leaning extremely fascist they're like brown coats yeah yeah um so it's like the early day brown coats like when the brown coats were sent out before they nazis had taken power and they were sent out to disrupt and it is that you're right it is a tired argument it is a, a silly argument because antifa is annoying as they are and as much as we want want to hate on them Right now, the, our actual government is creating a social class classification system. Whereas this group of people have freedoms and this people, group of people do not. 
our own government. So, like, fuck Antifa. Like, unless they're hitting me with a bike lock, like, I have no desire to even talk to them. And if they try to hit me with a bike lock, that's just a person who tried to hit me with a bike lock. Because the group that I'm against right now is the ones in power. And that's that's what I'm saying. It's it's yeah. uh, the the hate on Antifa that that is a, a bit of a tired trope, and that's why I have a problem with it. I'm simply using it as an example of us yeah. using language to describe something that it's not. Right. It, right. It, in name, it doesn't matter what you call it. It doesn't matter that we're calling these quarantine camps. It doesn't matter that you call it the National Socialist Party. What matters is what is actually happening. Right. Yeah, what's happened is we've created a, I mean, I guess a way to scare one group of people and be afraid of a monster that doesn't exist being a person that just wants their freedoms. I think that the fact that somebody who wants freedom isn't around, they're going to die. I mean, people believe that. So you've got that. And then, and it's just, it's easy to like give a when things are going shitty and they know that our, our banking system's collapsing. It's this is like the perfect opportunity to find a scapegoat, find a Jew, the new Jew, and turn them into the boogeyman. And then everything that bad happens because all this, you know, totalitarianism, they just say it's those people's fault. I mean, that's what this is all about is finding the sacrifice. That way they can stay in power because they know. This is a big collapse and they're going to, if they don't find somebody to sacrifice, they're going to be Gaddafi. They don't want to be Gaddafi. Yes. They had a part with that whole Gaddafi thing, but Hillary Clinton does not want her entrails pulled out by a, being fucked in the ass by a Bowie knife, even though she laughed about it happening to Gaddafi. <laughs> No call.